Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello. Welcome to episode 121 of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring at, at 221. 221. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Sparky, Marky, Marky, Sparky, Fosty, Wasty. Yeah. <laughs> this evening, we are going to take in Stephen King's huge, throbbing, dark tower... And uh, we're going to be joined by a guest, which I'm not going to say yes. right now. I'm not going to say, but it's going to be fun. Um, we'll also talk some what we watched and other usual stuff. Um, there's there's some free colours trilogy stuff on the Patreon this week. Yes, there is. Um, two of my shows finally going up tomorrow. The the noir one won't be going up this week because I've recorded it twice, and then my audacity is eating it twice. I don't think I can face recording it again, so I am recording a different show tomorrow, which will be released. Lovely. It's a, it's a possibility of a, a new show that might happen every so often. Okay, that, okay, fair enough. Well, out of out of shit comes gold, I'm sure. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good. I don't know. It's a good day. It's all relative these days, but it's a good day. Taylor Swift's announced a new album. Singles. She has. Out tomorrow. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's all good. It's all good, and uh, yeah, you know, long bank holiday weekend coming up for 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 a lot of people. I just realised probably not Mark, and I feel bad for mentioning it. So we'll move. No, on. no, I I'm I'm at work for all of it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, apologies. And uh, well, well, we'll talk some Twin Peaks as well. I forgot, obviously. Yes. Um, so, um, Scorsese's producing a Joker movie. Yeah, this is um, well. <laughs> so it's written by the guy who wrote The Fighter, um, and it's produced by Martin Scorsese. There's no casting news. It's a completely separate from the current DCU um, set of films. And Todd Phillips is going to co-write and direct it. That is interesting as fuck. What the fuck is everyone's problem? Well, I I think Todd Phillips is is the problem really, just because he's not. All right, can, 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 can I put it this way? Yeah. Um, the director of Anchorman is making a film about the financial crisis. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like I. No, I'm not saying you're saying. I'm, I'm saying saying that it's just Todd Phillips has has kind of been. He's been looking to kind of move out of being Todd, regarded as being the guy who did the hangover and road trip for quite a while. And I think that maybe that kind of gritty crime thriller, it, it, I don't know, I, I have a feeling that could be within his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I don't know, it's like scorsese's producing a, a joker film if he trusts todd phillips to co-write and potentially direct then so be it i suppose you know it's um it, that it, it what would be really interesting is the the germination of how all this came about well quite yeah and the thing it also feels like one that could just quietly die as well um you know it might be that scorsese like drops out and then it just dies a slow death i mean it's yeah. it, it is already a bit confusing that 
you've got the Jared Leto one and is he going to be back or is he not? And you've got this one around as well. And you've got Justice League and like all the shit that's going on with that at the moment. I, it, I think that, that this, even this being talked about is absolutely proof that, that that's it, that, that Jared Leto isn't going to return as the Joker in, in this DCU. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's the case, yeah. It's, I don't know, I mean, like, I like the idea of the Joker just being, like, a gangster who works his way up, which is kind of what he actually was in Suicide Squad, in fairness. He was just mm. a, a really flamboyant and fucking twisted gangster. Yeah. And I, I that's the thing, I liked that element. Like, the character design of him... In in Suicide Squad, I really quite enjoyed and that scene where he's just in that club with Harley Quinn, um, and then you know the next scene he's like driving like driving fast with her and whatnot, and it just like it just does feel like a cheeky gangster guy, and I I I I would I'd be up for leading into that maybe maybe not with a Jared Leto esque performance, but I'd I'd be up for that you know I, I, it just. It kind of feels like they just need to get their fucking ducks in a row at the moment. Like that—that's just let's get yes. fucking Justice League out, and then whatever fucking comes out like off, off the back of that, and then and then we'll move on. I I wonder, and I, I I mean when I don't think either of us particularly want to talk about this, but I wonder how much of this was maybe leaked to didn't d- distract away from Joss Whedon's involvement in Justice League. Yes, um, which which it is uh, that it, it's a very good point you raised there. Um, it, yeah, it, it it has kind of stopped a lot of people talking about that and given a lot of deflected people's rage elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. Am I am I chomping at the bit for it? No, not really. But I'm not chomping at the bit for much at, at the moment. To be fair. It just. I, I'm, I'm I'm quite a Todd Phillips fan, so. Um, good for you. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a few of us. Um, so I'm I'm quite interested in that to be honest, because I like I say I, I quite like Todd Phillips for my for my sins. Um, you know I like war dogs, and I'm the one person that likes war dogs. So. Nice. Yeah, uh, I, I I'd be very very interested to see what what he could do with that. Uh, yeah, well, no, I haven't seen War Dogs. I know, I know you like it. I don't. I just. Uh, it's it, yeah. it's it's one of those where I, I'm not. I'm. Ne- I would never say to anybody you should really watch it, but at some point you'll get to it. And I, I, I don't mean like in the next six months or anything like that. I mean in like the next three or four years. At some point you'll get to it. Yeah, sure, I can see that. And it's fine. It, 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 it'd be fine because it's exactly the same movie to watch in like 2019 as it was in 2016. Mm. Yep. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I, I. I don't know. It just. He, he feels like a weirdly inessential filmmaker who's made a shitload of money. Mm. He, I think he quite likes that as well. Mm. I, I. I mean, like, I think. It like Sean Levy would be a, a point of comparison, but the thing is, he produces Stranger Things, so people love him. Um, yeah, I don't he's, know. We'll see. But, 
who said that you know that he's that his most successful films um, were essentially a, a piss take. <laughs> you know, one happened um, that that the studio basically decided was gonna was was an absolute fucking disaster in the Hangover and just kind of threw it out there and it, it, it caught fire really, mm. and then. The next one was just a piss take of the first, and the third one was just them just going, I wonder what we can get away with. Yeah. Which, you've got to admire the fucking balls on the guy. But I do actually remember him, him saying, him comparing, um, and saying that while they were filming The Hangover Part 3, uh, they kept saying um, New York, New York to each other. When they were doing something stupid, something overblown, and just, well, this is just ridiculous, they, they'd just go... Yep, New York, New York. What? Referencing the fact that Scorsese claimed that he just he took far too much coke and went far too crazy making uh, New York, New York, gotcha, and gotcha. basically that's why in the eighties, virtually he became a little bit like Studio Poison. They didn't want to touch him. They didn't want to go near him. And then he, you know, remember he made New York, New York, and then raging fucking bull. But in the eighties, he was a jobbing act. He was a jobbing director mm. because nobody wanted to fucking touch him. Partially because of what had happened with New York, New York. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. No, it's um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm sorry. I'm pretty much done there. I think. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's fine. Okay. Um. So trailers. What have we got this week? What have you been watching, bud? Um, watch the trailer for Tulip Fever, um, the Red Band trailer for a period drama starring um, Christoph Waltz, Dame DeHaan, and Alicia Vikander. Hmm. Uh, the trailer seems to really want you to know that you're going to get to see a lot of Alicia Vikander nude in it. Okay. When usually trailers, Red Band trailers, I usually just to get a few bucks and shits in there. Uh, this is just to get some titties in there, um, which kind of made me go, all right, I, I, I kind of seen enough of Alicia Vikander's naked body in a minute and 40 seconds now. I feel a little bit, I feel, <laughs> feel a little bit leery. Um, it, the film looks, the film looks quite good. Um, it's just, the, the trailer was a little bit bothersome, <laughs> to be honest. That's you saying that. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's that, that's me saying that. And usually, usually I'm the opposite. Yeah. I just felt a little bit like, do you know what? I, I I'll go and see the film. You don't have to show me there's going to be tits in it to make me go and see it. <laughs> Let me find that out naturally. Nice. Um, so yeah, that that it looks 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 quite good. The I showed a Gemini, um, a which very much looks like it's. Taken on the moonlit, uh, moonlit, moonlight um, color palette. Um, looks quite quite an interesting trailer. Um, seems like the assistant to some kind of musician star. Uh, the musician dies or is killed herself or is possibly murdered, and this kind of investigation, and she seems to be a possible suspect. Okay. But looks looks quite interesting, actually. Mm. The, trail, the trailers, the trailers, a good job of making you go, "All right, yeah, I want to watch that now." Okay, all right. Well, that I think that's probably done its job, then, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very, it might be a shit film. It's a good trailer. Okay, cool. 
Uh, and the final one that I've seen, I know I've seen something else at cinema, which I'll probably mention in a minute, and I'll go, that's the one. Um, literally right before Aaron, uh, Justin Long plays stock Justin Long character in Straight to VOD, Justin Long film. Nice. Yeah, that's it. Uh, literally right before it, essentially he, it would appear like he breaks up with his girlfriend, his girlfriend then calls him up a year and a half later to tell him that she's getting married and she would like him to come to the wedding. Uh, and then, yeah. So there you go. Okay, um, fair enough. Um, so, trailer for The Mountain Between Us. Um, Idris Elba and Kate Winslet get stuck in, in snowy wilderness. I'll oh, watch right. it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it, and then there was a trailer before The Dark Tower, and yeah, I'll watch it. Kind oh. of hope one of them gets eaten by a bear, but I'll watch it. Um, and, I'll watch, yeah, I'll watch that. And a trailer for, I think it's called Little Evil. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't see the trailer, but I remember the trailer I was thinking of, by the way, which I'll go over in a second. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't actually get to watch it. What's what's this about? Um, so it's basically Adam Scott... Um, is uh like has got with Evangeline Lily and his stepson he suspects is Satan's son. Um, and uh yeah it's literally out on Netflix next week. Oh well <laughs> apparently so they've got so much coming out. <laughs> like literally, I swear the trailer dropped this week, and the thing is just on Netflix next week. It's they do, they do that. They do that quite a bit, though. Oh my god! Yeah. So yeah. Well, no, they do. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, it looks. Um, yeah, coming first of September. Yeah. Um, that looks all right. I'll watch it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just looks very far away. Comedy version of the Omen. Yeah, I'll watch that. And it's like 90 minutes long and it's on Netflix. So, you know, why not? Yeah, I'll um, happily watch that. And I actually think that's about it. Well, I watched uh, one called um, Geostorm. Oh, yeah, no, well, I've seen the trailer for Geostorm, yes. Yeah. That, um, that looks like something. Yes, uh, me, and, me and Vex have a thing where we were watching trailers in a cinema. Um Rather than talk to each other, we'll just look at each other and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down for it. Yeah. <laughs> and this got an M5 double thumbs up from me. <laughs> and just after it, she just went, that, that film with um, with Joe Butler. I was like, yeah, she's like, really? Two thumbs? Like, it's a weather film. I love a weather film. And this has got all of the weather in it's it. It's got all the weather. It's yeah. got, it, and, and Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis, for yeah. Some Ed Harris. Um, yeah, Jim Stage did an American accent, which kind of feels a little bit like, why? <laughs> but yeah. you know what? Fine, right? But just um, just go onto the uh, Geostorm film Wikipedia page and have a look at the tra- at the poster that's on that page and tell me what, what film it might remind you oh of. Oh my god, Inception, like no one's <laughs> business. That thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, it's the bloody... Um, it, it, it's It's the fun. It's and like the... Colouring. The, the colouring. And just like the, the kind of the layout as well. It, yeah. It's... It's, it's it's shameless. I mean, it's not quite the uh, what is it? One shot and snitch. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I mean, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's pretty fucking, it's pretty ropey. Pretty ropey. Yeah. But yeah, Geostorm, I'm, um, yeah, I, I will, it, fuck it, I'll go and watch that in the cinema, happily. I, yeah, I think happily, yeah, okay, I probably would happily, fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, so we are going to move on. We are going to be talking The Dark Tower. So this is directed by Nikolaj Arcel? Nikolaj Arcel, yes. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Starring Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, Tom Taylor, woman that looks way too young to be Tom Taylor's mum. Uh, Jackie O'Haley, he's in it. And um, so is Abby Lee. So there's some people in that film. Uh, the Dark Tower. So it's a sci-fi, fantasy, horror, western package. Um, there is a Dark Tower that keeps our universe from the evil forces outside of our universe. Matthew McConaughey plays a, a, a guy with magics um called walter and i'm glad that they actually bring attention to the fact that his name's walter in the film um (laughs) and he otherwise known as the man in black he is trying to destroy the dark tower and our hero whose name is jake i believe jake chambers i'm gonna say played by tom taylor he's been having visions of the man in black and uh visions of idris elba's uh roland otherwise known as the gunslinger um uh, Jake finds the gunslinger. They go off to find the man in black, and um, there there are flashbacks and kind of weird editing choices aplenty. This film is infamously ninety five minutes long, despite the fact that it's the start of a franchise that has spanned many many books and whatnot. And is um, even though it was only budgeted at sixty million dollars, um, I think it's being talked of as one of the biggest flops of the summer uh it made less than a million in the uk on its opening weekend and debuted at number five um and it didn't do that great in in the uh in the us either um it's tracking to gross it it, it the record could pull uh with the international markets and everything like that it could hit about 100 million so about 100 million worldwide for yeah. a project that was supposed to be Three films with two TV series into the Ah, they've changed that now. Ah, okay. They've changed that up. Ah, they've gone for an interesting tact now with this. Um, What they're doing is, this is going to be the introduction to a TV series. And then there'll be a TV series. And then from there, um, they'll pick out movies to do from it. But they're basically saying it's the the head of... um, of Sony, Sony that's doing it said, you know, we're not we're not actually that phased by um, the perceived poor performance, but by um, we're still going to go ahead with the project. Um, it's not been as big a disaster as is being reported. I don't know. That's that's some spin. Um... It's not. I mean, they're right. It's not going. Probably probably going to struggle to make its money back, but it's not. It's not like a. 
it's been kind of compared a lot of the time to something like um, John Carter. And it's nowhere near that level of fucking... No. No, no, I mean, it, it, it just, it didn't, uh, I mean, they were quite frugal with the budget. Yeah. That's, that's what saved this film. It was, what was saved, he said, is, is they were frugal with the marketing. Probably they didn't yeah. do any, they, they didn't, didn't do, do anything. Marketing. No, they didn't do out. So they've said that the, the actual budget it, it is around, totals in around about, when you include all the marketing, he said totals in around about 100 million. So if it makes 100 million, we've made our money back and we've got the name out there. What I think they've done... Oh, uh, hello, we haven't introduced. Hello. Um, <laughs> so we were keeping that as a surprise. But uh, yes, joining us for the first time ever on the show, <laughs> 221 episodes. She's been in the corner being told to keep quiet the whole entire <laughs> time. Um, it's, it's Mark's lovely wife, Becky. Hello, Becky. Hello, you all right? Yeah, good yourself. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, yeah, well, I think they've done, to an extent with it, is they've relied too heavily on Stephen King's name to bring people in to watch it. And a lot of Stephen King fans have been a bit miserly about it. Um, Because obviously it was announced and everyone was very excited. And then it was announced that it wasn't quite going to be an adaptation. It was maybe going to be something else. And then so people were a bit a bit annoyed about that and then the casting was announced and everyone got up in arms about that as well and I think there's a lot of a lot of Stephen King fans that are getting getting the knickers in a twist about the fact that it's not going to be an adaptation of the books because it's a sequel to the books and I love that idea um so I, I sorry no no go on go on go on go on I, I do as well. I think it, it frees them up an awful lot because trying to there's there's stuff in the books that you read it and you go, I'd love to see that on screen. But then if you actually take a step back and think about it, a lot of it would look really schlocky on screen. It wouldn't work. And it's by doing it as a sequel, it allows them to sort of still operate within that world and with those characters. But they don't have to all be the same characters. They don't all have to be. Um, have the same backstory as they do in the books and be the same people they can they can expand it a little bit more and have a little bit more freedom and there's there's things that they can do within the the mechanics of the world that was created by the books um that are still going to fit and they're still going to work but it's it's new things to see the, the the fans of the books have always got the books you can always revisit that it's nice to take it in a different direction and it's it's I came out of the movie yesterday looking forward to the rest of them because I don't know where they're going to take it because the start of this as a franchise is completely different to the first book. You know, it's 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 doing completely different things. There's elements of a few of the different books in this movie um, and it's kind of pulled it all together and kick-started it a bit quicker. I mean, the, the first book is essentially... Roland walking across the desert, chasing after the man in black, that wouldn't have made for a good movie. Yeah, I mean, is, is it right that Jake only turns up in, like, the fourth book or something? Is, is, is that... I heard no, that Jake, Jake is in the first book, okay. um, briefly. Um, it's mostly... Are we, are we all spoilers all the time? All spoilers all the time. Do it, do it, do it. Basically, Jake is... He's killed on what they call in the film Keystone Earth, um, and he wakes up in Midworld in like a way station. Um, 
and gets found by Roland in this way station and accompanies him chasing after the man in black. Um, and then Roland eventually given a choice between saving Jake and um, catching up to the man in black, lets Jake die. Um, and then in the books, uh, basically a lot of Jake's story between then and when he comes back to Midworld is him having memories of being in Midworld and memories of not ever dying and, and all this kind of stuff that, that's conflicting and it's slowly sort of driving him mad. Um, and that's what kind of prompts him to find a way back to Roland. But gotcha. so there's there's that, but it's it, I mean it's it's completely different than you know Jake is in it briefly, but the first book is basically two guys walking across the desert, one behind the other, <laughs> and there's more there's more to it than that. Obviously, it's it's a large amount of its character development, and it allows you to get to know Roland before the rest of them are introduced. But it wouldn't have made for a good movie. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I suppose. Dealing with the film on its own terms, then. I mean, I mean, um, Mark, what, 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 what did you think of it overall? I mean, because how into the Dark Tower are you? I've, I've never, I've never read the books, um, but obviously, I've, 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 uh, they've been around me for quite a while. You know, Bex has, has read them multiple times, um, and as basically, I, I sort of. I said, are you going to read them? No. Well, then can I kind of tell you what happened then okay. to share it? So I've kind of got Beck's nice. version of, of, the, of the books. Just because there was already like, when Bex restarted reading them and you know, I started getting into the idea of them, there was already sort of five books. And I'm, I'm, I, I'll hold my hands up. I, I don't really read much fiction or anything like that. I read mostly um, biographies and, and factual books and things like that. Yeah. So I knew kind of the story. So it was interesting going into it um, – it being a sequel and being aware of it being a sequel, but kind of having a, a general awareness of, of the actual books without having too much been steeped too too heavily into them. Um, and I, I thought it was, it was tremendously entertaining, to be honest. It, it's um, there's there's zero fat on it. Uh, it's the and it, we spoke about it on, on here, and like myself and, and Becky spoke about it that 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 95 minute runtime uh, was was a worry. It, oh, yeah. it, it, kind of, it, it stuck out as a little bit odd, but it, it's maybe um, maybe not that that there was. I don't, I don't think that there was ever. Um, I doubt that he was told you need to get this movie down to ninety five minutes. It seems like a strange one. You know, it seems like if you wanted to put in a hundred and five minute cut, you quite easily could put a hundred and five minute cut in there, and nobody would have really batted an eyelid. It's the fact that it, it's got it's under a hundred minutes. It's it's a it's a two digit runtime and it, that's what caused people to get a little bit worried but it's there's not there's not an interest an ounce of fat sorry on this movie at all um it's it, it gets in gets its shit done and goes but i think there's enough for instance there's a key moment in, in the film where uh it just elbert refers to uh the man in black walter as he's a sorcerer to you know jake asks him what is he he says he's a sorcerer that's it Done. Sorcerer. We know he's a sorcerer. There we go. He's got magic powers. Now, other films might have gone and had a five to seven minute bit where it shows him being a sorcerer and crushing all of these worlds and doing all of this and this and this and this. And it might not have seemed within the, the remnants of, of that film like it was kind of like killing time or building time, essentially. But it just, this film has got a lot of that. It's a lot of things just fucking... Right, that's that, that's that, and that's that. And we, can we, should we explain that more? Nah, fuck it, it's fine. But it, it was never 
in that much detriment to the film, I don't think. You know, it didn't need to be. It, we, we say a lot on here about films is that they're often 10, 15 minutes too long. This isn't. It, it's 95 minutes. And yeah, I'd have probably watched a two-hour version of it and still probably been entertained. But I got a 95-minute movie where it started, it ticked along, not a lot actually happens when you think about it. There's not a great deal to the story, but it hit all the beats I wanted it to hit, and I came out of it going, I actually really quite enjoyed that. But I, I said to you, didn't I, when we came out of the cinema, it felt at points, not I mean, not in a bad way, but it felt at points like a really well-done TV pilot, and that's that's what it was, essentially. It's mm-hmm. a set the rest of the franchise. Basically... What they've done in that film is they've set up Roland and Jake's father-son kind of dynamic that they have going on, which is one of the one of the most engaging parts of the book series. That is there in that once he comes back, it is there, and it's kind of what humanizes Roland from being just this machine of a gunslinger that's chasing. Um, his motivation in the books isn't revenge like it is in the films. It's just to see the Dark Tower, but he doesn't set off on this noble enterprise to save it. Um, it is it is just purely to see it before he dies, and this one it's revenge, and and the relationship with Jake it, it humanises him, it gives him a bit more depth um, to his character, and it you know that I think that's been really well done, that's been set up really well. Um, I also like the fact that they've they've made Walter a much bigger character um, than he is in the books. He's he's a he's a always their presence in the books as like the bad guy but he doesn't actually show up an awful lot he's not there an awful lot they don't see him and fight him and things like that um it's a couple of little bits and i think from a cinematic point of view it works a lot better to have that very visible very present antagonist um so i like that they've done that but again the the freedom to do that is given, it's given to them by the fact that they're not doing it as an adaptation it is a sequel so essentially all bets are off with regards to the storyline they can do what they want as long as they stay faithful to the world yeah and I, I think it's um i think it's probably worth explaining why it's a sequel as opposed to anything else and i want to see if i got my understanding right of this because the film never like never really explains this there's a couple of like lines of dialogue about like constantly chasing each other or something but <laughs> everyone who's with you always dies that kind of stuff yeah 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 yeah, it, it, yeah exactly um, so it, it isn't it that like essentially the series ends and it, it, it kind of all there's the possibility of it all kind of starting over again. The book series. Yeah. Like, yeah. He he makes it to the Dark Tower um, and essentially disappears the Crimson King and makes it to the top of the Dark Tower um, and comes out into the last room, which is essentially just. He just passes through the room and it all starts again. So the last, the last line of the books is the same as the first, which is, um, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunsling, gunslinger followed. He just starts again and he, he realizes as he goes into this last room in the dark tower, shit, I've done this before. Oh my god, I'm doing it again. I'm doing the whole the same thing again. It's gonna start again. And he and he. And he realizes that every time he got, every time he makes it, he gets up to that room, he passes through it, he starts again, and his memory essentially goes of the of the journeys that he's done before until he makes it back to that point again. So he's doomed to repeat this this process until 
something clicks into place and everything is is right and it's it's the right way of having gone about it um and the the thing that made people twig that it was going to be a sequel is there's um there's a horn like a a horn yeah yeah um that he that he loses in battle in in one of the books in one of his sort of um stories that he's telling about his younger years um and he finds it as he's going up through the dark tower um in the book series uh, journey that he's doing um and he has it when he comes out of the other side and he has it in the film so it, that's that's the kind of telling point that this is the sequel he picked it up on his way up the dark tower last time round and he's still got it so this is a sequel it's not it's starting again because he doesn't have it at the start of the book series okay gotcha that's really clever i like that um yeah and I mean, the the thing is as well. I mean, what what I think this film does well. I, I, I must say, I I rather like the the film myself. And I think the thing that it does really well is the fact that there is a bunch of stuff that is kind of like unanswered. But at the same time, it also actually tells its own self-contained story quite well. And mm. if, if if this was it, it would be like okay in this particular universe. Okay, the man in black's gone. Uh, Jake's going to go off with Roland. And they're going to have adventures or something, and then, yeah, we, you know, if the man in black somehow comes back, and you know, if there's if we're going to see their adventures in the future, great. If we don't, never mind. We've still got quite a good little ninety-five minute genre mashup film. That's it. I think it works on a few different levels. It works if you've read the books and you can get your head out of your ass for a minute. It works as a sequel. It works if you haven't read the books as just a new adventure. And it actually works just on its own if they don't make any sequels. If they if they decide to just kind of go, do you know what? It didn't work. It's not going to make any money. We're going to leave it at that. It's fine as a like you say as a little little cowboy in New York kind of movie. It's it it works on a few different levels, and I think it's getting a lot of unfair criticism to be honest. No, I mean I, I yeah, I mean I agree. I mean I th- I think the only I, I I think you can see the the stitches in the edit from time to time. Um, like the flashbacks to Dennis Haysbert and whatnot, it kind of, it kind of feels like they filmed more than literally just the footage you saw there. Um, yeah. You know, and and I, the the story is really really bare bones, and I I I agree that I I quite like that, but it does feel like there's maybe a bit of flavour there that's that's a bit missing. Like I. I don't know. Even the man in black, when they um, the, the the kid's mum and the stepdad walk in, and he's there cooking chicken and stuff, it kind of feels like could we have a bit more of that weird, like southern, dangerous charm thing going on with him? And it kind of feels like maybe there was a bit more of that. Maybe um, saving that for the sand movie. Oh, that's oh, fuck me because he's he's the guy from the stand, isn't he? Yeah, he's Randall Flagg. Is is Walter? Is the man in black? They're all the same. He's essentially like this evil entity that kind of shifts through various Stephen King stories and kind of pops up. And he's supposed to essentially be just evil, really, in different formats. And Randall Flagg is is Walter. And in in the books, actually, they do go to the version of Earth where the um, Captain Tripp's virus from the stand has actually decimated everything and they, they see all the papers and stuff, which is quite nice. It's I, I do hope that some of that comes into the film series if, they, if that's how they're doing it, just a little bit of um, 
there's a lot of references to other stories and it ties the universe of the, the Stephen King extended universe we referred to it as yesterday yes. anyway. um, it ties it all together and um, I can't see them doing the bit where they actually go to Earth and visit Stephen King no I don't doubt that that would just be a bit too cheesy but it would be nice if some of the references were still there am I right in thinking that um, Jake Chambers is related to in some way to Eyeball Chambers and Chris Chambers of Stand By Me Oh, I've not heard it, that. In one. some way, there's some thread that relates that to there. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff. Like if you you can go down the rabbit hole a little bit if you start researching it online, you can link them to like loads of different books. And there's loads of references in the Dark Tower series that are that are around. I mean, some of the, uh, the most obvious one with Jake is he's supposed to be essentially like a doppelganger of the kid in Hearts and Atlantis. All oh, right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we, we, we're getting off track of the film, but yeah. And aren't the, the nether men that come from Jake in this, aren't they the same as the guys in Hearts and Atlantis? The lawmen. The lawmen, yeah. that's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is, it, it, it's crazy. You could have an insane world. The problem is, I just don't think there's, I, I think, I don't think there's the, there's as much of the audience or it's as it's, it's a small audience that requires a lot of money being spent to, to fulfill that and it, it's hard to get for some reason Stephen King movies especially fantasy movies are a hard sell if you do a Stephen King movie. drama movie even a horror movie they're easier to market yeah. if you do a Stephen King drama you can always say from the Stephen King the mind behind the Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption and people will go and see it uh, if you're doing a horror you can call it from the mind of Stephen King the mind of It and The Shining the mind that made everyone afraid of clowns yeah so you, <laughs> you can do that but the sci-fi bit it, it just seems a little bit like um, you're playing into more of his hoagie crowd which, which we spoke about last week Ian, yeah, that, that there's, there's actually less of it than you'd think um, in it mm. yeah I, I I've got to say, the shining, the shot, the the multiple references to the kid having a shine really. There was some fucking cognitive dissonance going on there. Um, just the way that I don't know, the shining is so iconic, and and like it was the only film property that's ever talked about someone having shine, and then they're just kind of like liberally throwing that in here, and I loved it. It was great. I mean, it was fucking. I, I don't know. It just quite a lot of the books, The Shine. Sorry, it's referenced in a few of the books, The Shine. Oh no, I don't doubt it. It's just like obviously, like not not having read the, any of the Dark Tower books, it's just like to like have it be talked about so much in this. I thought it, like it really kind of blew my mind. Like it, it's really like this whole thing is so ambitious. I mean, the, the Pennywise fucking thing um, in that like dead forest, you know. I it's, that. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. I, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, there was another little nod as well, wasn't there? Somewhere else, what was that? Another good one. Oh, the um, fourteen oh eight. Sorry. Yeah, fourteen oh eight. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So that's it. I mean, it's it's just to do it to do it right and the way people want it to be done. It's such a massive project, and I think that's why. They haven't marketed in marketed it enough to pull in non fans of the book series and non Stephen King fans, and they haven't done enough like fan service kind of pandering to to pull in the fans of the books. So it's they've kind of left themselves in the middle with this really quite 
really quite good little movie that that people are being that people aren't seeing for some reason. So it's 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 frustrating, really. The the, the fall and foul to the fact that that, that people find it easier to be snippy about things mm. nowadays. It's I, I, I forever am hovering over the tweet button saying. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if people told you the movies they did fucking like? Um, and it, it is getting a little bit like like that. I mean, more directly on the movie, I thought Elba was very good to be honest. And I think that was a lot of people's worries was the fact that because well, elephant in the room, he, he's he's a big black dude, and uh, the gunslinger Roland in the the books isn't. Um, oh really? Oh no, okay. Not, uh, well, that. good on him. Stephen King based him on. Um... Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. In, in the spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And that's referenced quite heavily throughout the books that 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 that's what he looks like. So that when Idris Elba was cast, a lot of people took exception to it because of that, and a lot of people took exception to it because I don't know. In the books, he reads as being older. Um, and I, I mean, I, I when I read that it was going to be Idris Elba, I was. Uh, not unhappy about it, but dubious about it. He doesn't. You were unsure, were you? Yeah, um, mainly because he just doesn't give off that the, the kind of air that you'd need for Roland from the books to be brought to the screen. But um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm sure Idris Elba's great, and he's got he's got his fans and stuff. I just whenever I watch him in stuff, he feels like Idris Elba, just in different situations. He's always quite samey. Um, so I was I was unsure of it for that reason, but he was he was really good in it, and I think the kid that played Jay was really good and they had a nice chemistry. Yeah, there, there was a couple of great sort of scenes that I thought I, I mentioned it to to, to Bex when we were, we were having something to eat after watching the film. The the bit where he he, he finds his mum. Mm. Oh man! There's yeah. a shot where it shoots up to um, Idris Elba, and Idris Elba knows what's about to happen, and he's saying to him, "Just know." And then when he just basically tries to calm him down, there's a moment after he's sort of calmed him down where he just stands up and he literally just scoops him up. Uh And it was just, it was good because there's no, there was a moment earlier where after he's um, he's shot the guy that's running away with with Jake and Jake runs up to him and puts his, essentially like hugs him. And straight away he puts his arm around him. There's no him pushing him away saying, don't hug me or anything like that. But you might kind of expect from these type of movies sometimes. There was an instant warming to the kid. And uh, I thought that built rep- the repetition, the relationship really well. And the fact that the, that the remember we are all spoilers all the time, guys, is at the end of the movie, it's it's Roland who says to Jake, "You should come with me." Yeah, you, you, should, you should come with me. What what else are you going to do? You've got nothing here. Come with me. We can have each other. It's not the other way around like you'd expect it to be. And Jake's very much like, really, you want me to come with him? He's like, yeah. And it's it, it's that. He's almost immediately got this right. This kid's got no one. I've got no one. I need to take care of this kid. Yeah, no, I mean it's lovely. Um, yeah, and they, they, I, I think that relationship is really solid. And I, I, for such a short film, they actually do do a good job in establishing their relationship. It's I don't know. It, it's just it's things like, for instance, his his mate. You know, yeah. like he, he's in a couple of scenes at the start, and it it kind of seems like they're he's gonna have some sort of part to play, and then off he disappears. Um, 
it's it's very much like there there are scenes that literally they're saying something's going to happen and then the next the very next scene like that happens pretty much and it like yeah. there's not really that usual connective like scene of something else and then the thing happens it's like it's it's film grammar just feels ever so slightly off but at the same time if that means i enter the cinema at 725 and i leave the cinema at 20 past nine i'm gonna take that right well what i'll say on this is i picked bex up from work at 20 at 20 past five we went to the cinema we went for something to eat after we went to the cinema and we were home by nine o'clock there you go fantastic it, 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 it's it's that and don't be wrong and we both really enjoyed our time with the movie it's they also which is something that a lot of the the current crop of uh, blockbusters which predominantly nowadays are superhero movies there's no way of getting around it is an, a, a, a a quite fair criticism of this current crop of, of superhero movies is they very rarely get a bad guy done well the bad guys are always usually generic. I, I, I struggle to remember a lot of the bad guys in these movies. Whereas in 95 minutes, they managed to establish a better bad guy than most fucking Marvel movies have managed to do in usually two hours plus. Yeah, they give him time to luxuriate in being this evil bastard, don't they? I, I love the fact, that he, I fact that he kills people by literally just say, saying, <laughs> stop reading. Yeah. Like, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say is, is, is that, that kind of took me out of the film a little bit was McConaughey's wig continuity was terrible. I didn't know. I didn't know. So I was I was kind of looking at the fact that he just seemed to have a jacket on with nothing underneath. He seemed to wear a granddad shirt with a um, with a with a waistcoat over it, which is which is a strong look. It's a str- Yeah, and I was just thinking it's a strong look. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like the fact that McConaughey has done this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, he's. It was probably just like, right, you're going to pay me like $10 million to like get have greasy black hair. And just have fun playing a bad guy. And do you know what? In this one scene, I'm going to I'm gonna cook up some chicken in a homage to Killer Joe. Why not? Yeah, it's a little bit like that. And it, it's, it does seem like it, it, he's gone, yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> With this movie, which is, is fun for actors to do. And I think it's, you know, he, he's going to be playing Randall Flagg in the Stand movie. He, if there are new Dark Tower movies, uh, he could crop up in that. He might crop up in the TV show. It, it's just. Well, no, kudos to both of them. Both of them have committed to doing whatever is the next in the series. Yeah. Um, it's either said, well, of course, if they make a TV show of it, I'll be in it. Yeah. I'm the gunslinger. It's it seems like there's there's a lot of people that kind of believe in it and they're kind of it'd be nice if the studio did go. Do you know what? What's the, the something is basically said is that it's what we could have done is made a hundred and fifty million dollar movie and it bomb and made seventy million dollars and that's a bomb, a complete bomb. But what we're going to do instead is make two movies for around. 150 million dollars with a tv series in that as well and 
we can kind of maybe offset them against each other, can't play we? off against that a little bit and, and work it out that way. Mm. And whether or not it comes off or not, it's just it's a different tactic to, to come at it uh, with in terms of it's a film to jumpstart a TV series rather than a TV series to jumpstart a film. Yeah. And TV's big business now. I do wish they'd done more marketing for it. Though. They probably should have. Right. Should... I mean, they made a really fucking great trailer, and then that was really it. Press tour. The press tours. What 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 they they, they didn't do. Mm. But press tours are expensive. You've got like I said, you've got to ship McConaughey and you just help her around the world for two weeks, <laughs> paying all their expenses. There you go. Yeah, and I reckon McConaughey's expenses are quite are quite high. Elbers will just be like DJ nights and shit like that, won't they? That's true. Hang out at fucking Macklemore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's um, I'm. This is a. This is a. Oh man, Apple TV 4K is probably going to be hit here by the time it's out on 4K. So. Uh, yeah. Day one 4K, I think for me. Um, I'm really looking forward to giving this another watch. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a day one um, iTunes buy for me as well. Obviously living in the house that I live in it, it, it kind of fucking has to be so um, but yeah I, I'm, I'll be very much looking forward to it um, so Bex where are you are you definitely not shit touching cloth or shit definitely not shit where are you Ian yeah definitely not shit really enjoyed it I'm also definitely not shit as well and our um, our poll was definitely not shit 27% uh, touching cloth 36% and shit 37%. Well, I'm actually quite surprised that it was that high towards the, the middle and the, 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 the high ground. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, who knows what Dan Artis fucking clicked on that one. It's <laughs> a fair point. One final comment on it, actually, before I disappear, if we if we finish. What, disappear? Not literally disappear. Fucking hell, yeah. I thought you were going to go, oh, fucking one and black on me. <laughs> um, given given um, Stephen King's passion for doing projects that do cross media boundaries mm. you know he's done a lot of his books that he's then done graphic novels of um, Dark Tower well yeah like the Dark Tower as one and he does like doing films that then follow into TV shows and then there's books and then there's a lot of follow ups and he, he likes giving um, the people that make these various medias the freedom to go do you know what? If you think that's going to work better as a TV show, do that. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. You want to do some films in there as well? Great. Make a board game. I don't care. Have fun with it. Well, he's not charged for this, is he? Well, he charges like minimal. He charges like a dollar. Yeah. It's like a dollar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's dollar babies, hasn't he? That he that project that he does. But the, I mean, the fact that he is very much he likes to see the stuff that he does, um, sort of take shape as as different different medium because. You know, if you've written a book, you're not going to really enjoy reading it, are you? But if you've written a book and then someone makes a film of it, you can enjoy that. And I think he likes watching his his babies go out into the world and become different things. And, you know, I think doing it the way that they're doing it, you've got... And, and even the fact that they've done it as a sequel rather than a, an adaptation, it allows, you know, the Dark Tower body of work is going to be books, graphic novels films and TV series it's, and that's going to all be canon and I like that I like the fact that they've done it that way mm. he's talked of doing a, an anime for it at some point oh, really? yeah so not for, the, the, for, for one of the stories and bits like that interesting so yeah I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm, I went into it yesterday really quite dubious because I am 
I am guilty of reading reviews sometimes before I watch stuff, and especially with something that I've been anticipating for as long as the Dark Tower movie. I was interested to see what people said, and it's not been positive. So I went into it yesterday really quite worried and was absolutely relieved that it was as good as it was. I absolutely loved it. I had a feeling about it. That that was the thing. I don't know. It just it it's like good looking short genre mashup stuff, and it kind of just felt like it was in my wheelhouse. And yeah, give, it's given, fun. It's sorry. so much fun, and he looks really cool reloading his gun. I think that was the main thing that about the trailer that pulled me in. He, he reloads his gun like a badass. <laughs> you love a gun reload. I do love a gun reload. That and a neck break. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I it was it was a definite relief for me. Oh, Ace, I'm glad to hear it. That's brilliant. Um, okay, so I, I think Becky is planning on going. Is that right? Or yeah, I'll leave you guys to it. Have fun. Nice one. Good speaking to you. Yeah, you too. See you later. All the best. Bye. Bye. Um, okay, so uh, thank you very much to Becky. That was good and. Um, Shall we do some uh, some peaks? Yes, we can do some peaks. Yes. Uh, uh, what do you think? Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I thought the essentially the short film at the start of it, um, the the ten minute short film we got uh, at the beginning was was brilliant um, and was a wonderfully kind of sweet little moment in, in the film. It, it, it felt like we'd earned that as viewers and yeah yeah um, absolutely the facts because i remember you, you i was talking to yourself about it and you were saying that you you were hoping that they'd be together and that things have worked out for those guys and it, it felt a little bit I, i'll admit it felt a little bit mean-spirited when you saw them sat there together and yeah. bobby goes over and sits down and you just assume that they're together when you see that yeah and then it's they're not together. Not only they're not together, Big Ed's fucking miserable. Yeah. And Norm has franchised the uh, double R, and he's knocking boots with the prick who's franchised it with her. It, it just felt a little bit. You felt come on, come on, don't do that. And then this, the beginning of this was just. It, it was more like he went ah. Did you think I wasn't going to give you this moment? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, I like, I it just did the music as well and the way yeah. it kind of like just faded out and then came back in again. I mean, it was, um, it was great. And it, it feels like, right, that's closed the book on that chapter then. Yes. And, um, you know, I mean, that's the thing. If like Norma is just in the background in some shots now, I'm fine because I know she's happy. Yeah, big Ed. I'm thinking maybe we just don't see again, and you know that's fine. And I I would assume that's it for Nadine. Yeah, I, I, I reckon that's that that's gonna be the last we'll we'll, we'll see of her. And I think that maybe um, maybe even Doctor Amp. I think maybe we've we've seen the last of him. Maybe he's he's served his purpose. Yeah, I mean that 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 that, that that's exactly it. I think we're getting to a point now where the seemingly random scenes are going to be pretty much done. 
Like I, yeah. I do wonder whether we'll ever see Jerry Horn again or whether he'll just be stuck in the forest for the rest of his life. I I hope we do see him again. I hope we see him in it. I hope we just see him just getting out of the forest. Like I said, I hope we see him just getting back into the what is it? And um and Ben saying, Where have you been? And him just going just going, just don't ask <laughs> of walking off. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be fine. That would be fine. Um, but yeah, I, it's um, I don't know because like Ashley Judd, are we going to get any more of that? I I, I don't know. If, if the thing is there, if we don't, it's kind of what was, <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> you know, why was she? What was? I don't want to say what was the point because I've enjoyed her being in it. I enjoyed Ashley jumping in anything. Um, but it, it it's a little bit like it, that's just a little that's just a little thing you had in the back of your mind, wasn't it? And you've put it in there. <laughs> it does feel a little bit like there's a possibility that this could have quite easily have been told in eight hours rather than eighteen. Yeah. But you didn't want to tell that in eight hours. You wanted to put it in eighteen because you wanted to have these little small interactions, these little slices of life. Yeah. No. Exactly. 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 But then, but then, only David Lynch could have a little slice of life just there for no other reason than just it being there. That has a husband and a fucking iron lung for some reason. Oh, it's just a bit of flavour in it, you know. Just, yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah. I, so, I suppose the kind of the meat of the matter, though. I mean, uh, Bowie wasn't back as such. Um, no, that we... that was quite something. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's, again, it's visually interesting as fuck, on it? And I mean, oh man, who's Judy? Judy's going to be someone. Yeah, who is Judy? Yeah, Judy is Judy somebody new or is Judy somebody we know? I mean, uh, I'm assuming we'll find out. Um, oh, I'd like to think so. Anyway. Um, I, yeah, I it's it, but again the conver- like the convergence on Twin Peaks. I mean, uh, Dougie is that it for Dougie Jones as well, or like? I, I think I, I think that certainly something happens there. That, that there's that it's the fact that you, that he hears Gordon call and then immediately perks up and is right. What was that? And it, it's, yeah. There's something going on. The, the log lady bit was also very... That was tough to take at, at points. Her essentially ringing to tell Hart she was dying. Dude, like... I Yeah, just the, the fact that... Fuck, she looked ill. She looked really fucking ill. Um, bless her. And I really liked... She, yeah, she, 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 Sorry? Yeah, she, yeah, that's it. She was dying. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I really like the the fact that the in memory of in the first episode was the actress's name, and the in memory of in this one was the character's name. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really, really nice touch, and the fact that they even have that moment with them all in the police station, and like uh, the log lady's dead. You know, like it's where it kind of actually feels like a monumental passing. Um, I thought that was a lovely moment. Um, like heartbreaking but um yeah, yeah so it, it's i thought it was the best mix of 
like peaks people and activity like old school but also the newer stuff mm. and that, 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 that was similar last week as well i think it's um i think it's found its footing um, that's really it. Well. It, it, it it's found its groove uh, but it found its groove about episode 12 i'd say where it found that kind of groove so we've had a good few episodes like that you kind of does make me a little bit wish that it had found its groove 10 episodes ago but i think that it'll maybe i think on a i've been saying quite a lot i think on a on a continuous rewatch watching it all together i think that that it'll all start to make a lot more sense yeah you'd think so wouldn't you yeah Mm. um yeah i don't know it just it's um i'm i'm starting to feel more comfortable with the fact that there are only a few more episodes left yeah there's, there's there's still there's still enough time for him to close off these stories yeah 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 i i i feel you can kind of confidently say that now as well whereas mm. a, a couple of episodes back maybe not so much but um yeah shit man i mean three left like basic well two, two like a long one and a short shorter one but yeah, yeah three left two weeks it, it, it's it's mad yeah it's it quite makes... terrifying that only a couple of months ago we, we only we you know we didn't have this <laughs> quite quite um Okay, I think I'm. I think I'm done with that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So, what have you been watching this week, bud? Uh, oh, well, all mine have kind of like connecting tissue. All of my watches. No, actually, one of them doesn't. Uh, I watched the um, Chase Crawford and Tyler Labine um, movie Mountain Men, um, which is directed and written by Cameron uh, Levine, um, Tyler's brother. Was written directed a couple of movies he's been in. Um, it's on on Netflix. Um, it's comedy drama um, where you've got two brothers. One's played by Tyler Levine, who is a um, like he's the typical Tyler Levine character. He's an affable um, but virgin on a, been a bit of a loser. Um, still lives in the small town up in the mountains. Um, and his big shot brother comes back for their mother's wedding. Uh, big shot brother's played by Chase Crawford. Turns out he's not quite as hot shit as he claims to be, and they've got it all together as he has. And they go up a mountain to their um, deceased father's cabin because they hear that squatters are in there um, and are causing all kinds of shit and everything like that. But it's, it's just a ruse to get some time together um, by Tyler Levine's character. Uh, and then Chase Crawford accidentally eats some uh, hash-laced um, snack treats and breaks his leg, and they've got to get down the mountain. Okay, that sounds that sounds all right. That it's you know what it's 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 super low budget, um, but not in a like not in a, you can tell way. It's just it's got you can tell that it it, it only probably costs. If it costs a million, I'd be surprised. Okay. Um, in the sense that there's no, there's no big set pieces or anything like that. It's just a lot of um, just two guys kind of like walking and talking. But it's funny enough. Uh, Tyler Bean is, is a charismatic enough character to to hold this movie. Um, Jess Crawford's um, he's perfectly all right as the character he is in it. He's he's nowhere near as one-dimensional as he could be, you know, being a, essentially a, a model-turned TV actor. 
Okay, cool. Well, that sounds okay. How long is it? 90, not 85 minutes. That'll do. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, uh, are these the ones that are all connected? Um, I rewatched The Conjuring. Sweet. Um, that's a cracking movie. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's, it does make you think, do you know what? I, I can see how these, these films kicked on. Um, there's some good, good scares. It's a lot more now than I remember it being. It's a lot more, it's a lot nastier than I remember it, it, it being. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I don't know why, but in my brain, it, it, it become a little bit more, um, I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but a little bit kind of like more, not as, as as nasty, I think is the best way I can put it. But it, it is quite a nasty movie. Uh, there's a lot going, a lot going on, a lot kind of happening in it. I'm currently uh, rewatching The Conjuring Two as well, uh, but I've got about half an hour of that left, uh, and that's the same. That's a lot more intense than I remember it being. Um, and fucking hell, the nun is terrifying. Yep. That's gonna is. be just, just. Oh god, that movie. Um, yeah, um, uh, so I'm, I'm rewatching that. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but that's fucking. It, it, it's very, very good. Um, but it's two and a bit hours long. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they, they, they are. Um, you got to settle in for those films, haven't you? Yeah, but there's, the thing is, I'm about. I've got about forty minutes left um, on it, and there's enough to it now. That I'm thinking there's enough forty minutes left. You know, I've just just got past the. Patrick Wilson singing bit. Gotcha, yeah. Which is yeah. great. Patrick Wilson, you know, well, he's a Broadway fucking superstar, so he's going to have a good singing voice. Yeah. Um, and I also watched uh, all three Insidious movies. Wow, okay. Yeah. Nice, you were in the mood. Yes, I, I was, yeah. The first Insidious movie cost $1.5 million. Yeah, it made a fucking shitload. It made like, like 90-odd million dollars. Blumhouse, baby. That cost... That cost... Fucking... That, that just looks... That, that's staggering. And it's a good-looking movie. He was on... It, like, um... Uh, Juan was on his downswing a bit, though, because he'd done, um... He'd done Death Sentence. Yeah. Uh, which hadn't done very well. Um... So, and I think I, I think didn't uh, Patrick Wilson work essentially for like standard fee, which is I think sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean it was it, it was definitely it, it it was the it was the prototype Blumhouse production. It was the fuck all budget, but I'll let you do what you want. Yeah, and everybody basically work for scale, but we'll give you points on the back end. Well, the like, Patrick Wilson acting thing, movie thing, it is quite interesting in the sense that. He says that movies are his passion thing. That they're not they're not his day job. So he doesn't worry about he doesn't worry about how much he's getting paid for them because he's he essentially he's he's made his nut doing Broadway and he's already you know he's he's spectacularly wealthy. So you know he can go out and do what he wants. They're, they're what he does for fun. He never thought he'd get to be in movies, so that's what he does, which is quite staggering, really, when you think about it. Well, no, absolutely. And, and I mean... And, and, yeah, I mean, oh, God, Insidious. I really like Insidious. It's a great, it's, it's a great movie. I, I, I enjoyed... I, I really enjoyed the rewatching that. You know, it's... it's 
102 minutes, you know, it gets in, gets its stuff done and, you know, gets the fuck out. But it, it's consistent with its scares. It, it, don't get me wrong, its scares are nothing new. They're, they're jump scared. They're loud noises, jump scares, but they're done well. They still fucking scare you. Um, and Insidious 2 kind of tries to, it builds again a little bit and adds a different kind of dynamic to it with it being, um, the first one very much is Patrick Wilson's story. The second one, weirdly, sets itself up as being Patrick Wilson's story, but it's not. It's actually Rose Byrne's story, mm. uh, which is which is quite an interesting take on the way they're doing it. Um, and, you know, Rose Byrne's very good at it. They're, they're, they've got a great chemistry. I think Patrick Wilson often, um, anything he does, I think he always has great chemistry with uh, his female co-stars. Um, he seems to allow them to, to take the lead almost, I think. Which is something interesting that he does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he did it in in both Insidious and The Conjuring. He very much he very much allows himself to play second fiddle to Rose Byrne and um, Vera Farminger, and he also does a similar thing in like um, Little Children, where he, he essentially very much plays second fiddle to um, Kate Winslet. Yeah. Uh, in that, so yeah, Insidious Two is it's a it's a cracking lot, lot of fun. It's a little bit more intense um, than than the first one, and then number three bounced onto the um, Lee uh, Wanell's. Um, had you seen? Had you seen this one? Yeah, we, I think we reviewed it on the show, didn't oh, we? Oh, did we? Fuck, okay, fair enough. Right. Right. We reviewed the Conjur- the second Country movie as well, um, and um, I think we we actually predicted during that review of that that Lee Wanell would would his first directorial debut would be Insidious Chapter 3 and then it happened. He's not doing the fourth... Or is he directing the fourth one? I know I he's written it. I think he is. No, I think somebody else is. Somebody from... Somebody from their kind of little... Their wheel... Their, their stable, like, innit? But, yeah. Um, Let's have a look. Because it's, it's out in January, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's not long, though. I think... Um, is Lynn Shay back in it again? I would think she will be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Adam Robitel. Okay, no idea who that is. Um, and he is written by um, Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell's also in it as well. Um, he, he's reprising his role there. Uh, the He directed The Taking of Deborah Logan and he wrote Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. Oh, there's a fucking pedigree. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly. I haven't seen the Taken of Deborah Logan, but is it? Oh, is that that one? Found footage, brilliant. <laughs> what are we watching that? <laughs> a parallel activity of the Ghost Dimension. I'm guessing you saw this at the cinema. I did, yeah. I fucking thought you did. Have you seen all these movies at the cinema? Yeah, I think. Hang on, how many have there been? Uh, so five or six. Our activity series. There is one, two, three, four, five, six. There are six. Fuck, Matt. I tell you what. I could not tell you what happened in four or five. Four is four. Five is the marked ones. Oh, hang on. No. To be fair, that one's more a spin-off. Are the marked ones? Yeah. Ah. Uh... Even though the ending of it is actually quite cool, because it's like time travelly, and it turns out that the main guy in Paranormal Activity Five was kind of around during the events of Paranormal Activity. 
Um, ah. it, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit sketchy like that. Okay, so yeah, you got one, which is the the couple. Two, which is the 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 the, the wife in the couple. When no, that's three. So two is oh, it's the 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 girl in the couple's sister and her family. Three is the flashback one in the eighties. Four is. I remember that it's like a family move-in and the ending is almost the same as the ending of three. Five is the marked ones, which was the kind of Latino spin-off. Um, <laughs> there's like a post-credits sting in, uh, I think, four about that. Like when they were going to do a whole Paranormal Activity universe. And then the ghost dimension, which is the one where they had the camera that could see the fucking spirity shit and it actually ended with essentially like the birth of satan or whatever wow i've only seen one <laughs> fuck man i tell you what that was a weird hot and then not franchise if ever there was one yeah like so oh god one was great i really like one two was meh three's really fun three is really fun and then it's just kind of shite from there <laughs> I can't say the ones that we rush into. Yeah, no, fair enough. Cool. Uh, that's that's it. That's all I've watched. Okay, fair enough. Just um, a load of fucking horror movies by James Wan. Nice. Um, okay, so I watched a few things. Uh, the Nut Job Two, Nutty by Nature, uh, which I took Lottie to see yesterday. Um, nut Job. I didn't know there was a Nut Job. Yep, yeah, never seen the Nut Job, but Lottie took uh, the trailer for this load, so it was like cool. Uh, it's like Will Arnett is a squirrel. Um, Fair enough, Bill is. Catherine Heigl is a squirrel. Oh, but she's a right bitch, isn't she? Actually, she kind of is in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, in the first one, they appear to have somehow taken over a nut shop. Like they're not selling nuts. Like they just apparently it's a nut shop. Actually, thinking about that, that's weird in itself. Um, and the nut shop blows up, so they have to find somewhere to get nuts from. The local park, the mayor is planning on building a really rickety amusement park there, and they have to try and stop the mayor. Jackie Chan plays a kung fu mouse called Mr. Feng, who has a 1 16th inch punch. Which. Well, he probably has that as well. Um, And I, I quite enjoyed that aspect of the film, it made me laugh a few times. And Lottie was actually pretty engaged. Um, it, it kind of it, it is what it is, but what it is is actually a fair bit more entertaining than a lot of kids' films. I take her to go and see. Um, I'd watch the Nut Job two fifty times before even contemplating watching the Emoji film again. <laughs> um, is there a moral to it? Yeah, fine. Working together, whatever. That's cool. Jackie Chan's a kung fu mouse. That's all I need, really. Yeah, 91 minutes. Yeah, you know, gets in, gets out. Yeah, like, I, I did not have a problem with it at all. I was fine spending an hour and a half with it. So, yeah, actually quite a pleasant surprise. I mean, it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not amazing. It's not, like, best animated film of the year or anything like that. But it's um, a, a simple pleasures. Um, it, it, with those kids movies and things like that, if you watch it and you come out of it going... That was fine. That I got. I, I I actually didn't get bored watching that. Then you're fine. Straight up, exactly. 
Um, okay, I watched uh, Nobody Speak Trials of the Free Press, uh, Netflix original documentary. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've hovered over that. Um, but I thought, I'm not going to watch that because I think it'll annoy me too much. Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's So, basically, it, it starts out being about the uh, back, essentially backcrupting of Gorka um, through the, the damages they had to pay Hulk Hogan for uh, publishing a sex tape of his online. Mm. Um, but then it, it kind of morphs from there to, well, who actually paid for the trial because Hulk Hogan could not afford the legal bills. And then it moves from there to, okay, well, if rich people can essentially sue the free press out of existence, how free is the press going to be for much longer? Um, which is a fair point. I, yeah. It's weird. There's an awful lot of Trump bashing, an awful lot of it, and I'm a Trump basher. Yeah. There's no... They don't really get any opposing talking heads apart from one guy. The rest of it is, like, archive footage. And the one guy was just the attorney for Hulk Hogan who just kind of says things they were what they were, really. And it... I, it early on, it neatly balances the line between the free press is the free press. It, it, you've got to protect the First Amendment. But also acknowledging that Gorka really was kind of a vacuous, horrible fucking website. Yeah. Um, but then later on, it is. It almost felt like I was going to get hit by a pop-up ad by the Guardian saying, "Can you give us a fiver a month so that we can continue, please?" At the end of it, it yeah. it felt like it was an advocacy piece instead of an actual documentary exploring sides and you know getting arguments and then counter arguing those arguments. It was basically. It, Look, this is really. Always... It it was just this is really really bad, and it's obviously really really bad, and you know it's really really bad. But we're not going to get any of the really really bad people to really interact with us in this documentary, and they don't even say we tried to speak to blah blah blah, but they wouldn't speak to us. Is it? Does it? It kind of seemed like um, from what I could read about, and it, which isn't that much. Um, it that they start up making a documentary about one thing and then something the trump thing happened while they were making it and so they incorporated that into it and that became a big part of it so it kind of grew as they were making it yeah i mean it ba- does, does that come across well it's basically the first half half to two thirds is about the gorka thing and the the like the billionaire that funded the trial and then the rest of it is basically, and they got these connections to Trump and the Republicans, and Trump's trying to do this and Trump's trying to do that. And a lot of it is really disturbing. I mean, like, he literally, there's footage in his rallies of, like, saying, the press are over there, they're right over there, they're lying to you. And then, like, Trump's supporters basically, like, sh- shouting abuse and trying to kick the shit out of them. Mm. And it's really, really, really scary. I. It just, if you're really going to fucking, I mean, I suppose that the footage is is enough. It, it, it is. But if you're really going to fucking lay the knife in, get someone, get someone on his side to try and argue Trump's argument, like to try, try and argue his point and then destroy them through that. Instead, you're viewing footage, which is real, 
But then if Trump ever commented on the film, he'd just be like, well, it's doctored footage because that's all he ever does. The thing is, I think I think part of it is probably that it, he'll do that anywhere. Yeah. I, this, this, this amount of a rally of the weekend quoted himself and misquoted himself. Well, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a guy who at a rally last uh, yesterday apparently said CNN have cut the live feed during his rally that yeah. CNN were broadcasting live. It's, yes. It, it, you know, I mean, that's the thing with Trump. It kind of like he makes his own he makes his own bed. You know, he totally does. But at the same time, this film is made primarily for the people who are already against him. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so you, 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 it's again you're shouting into the fucking void. It, it, yeah, it is, it is preaching to the converted. It's like um, I am not your Negro that I talked about a while back. Yeah, like, that film is a powerful fucking film, and it's really upsetting. The people whose minds you are looking to change by making these documentaries are not watching these documentaries. No, that's that's it. I mean, we've just had apparently the uh, current head of the KKK has come out and said that they're, they're, they're going to be taken to the streets more in America and there's going to be more violence in the streets. That's it, you know, and it, it just... The whole kind of like the let's just assume the worst isn't going to happen thing, it's kind of not there anymore. And I, I, you know, I applaud these documentary filmmakers for making these films and for getting their voices out there. I wish that the more the people these films should be getting seen by are not seeing them. But also, yes, go on the attack. Yes, archive footage is proof enough. Well, no, it's not proof enough because it's not changing things. You need oh. to get these people to fucking actually interact with you in these films and then destroy them through that. You know, you've got to, you've got to be able to... You've got to actually have that dialogue because otherwise it's just footage and people commenting on the footage and it's like, well, I knew that anyway. It seems a little bit at the moment that you try to feed the animal poison, but it's just gobbling it all up. That's that, it's, just, it's, just, yeah. it's, just, it's just getting fucking... All that's happening is it's getting fatter. It's not dying. <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. Which is a terrible analogy, but it is. But I mean, but, my, my my one thing though is, thankfully, we're like we're over an eighth into this Trump presidency, and the the noise. Oh God, we're not. We're trying not to be a political podcast, but fuck. Yes. The noise that it generates every time he says or does something feels as deafening as it was a year ago. It adds in more so nowadays. It, it, exactly. It's it, it, it's growing. It's. There's got to come. The, the thing is, it, you, there's got to come a point at some point where the Republican Party have got to look at this and go, "This has become this 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 could kill us as a party." Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just it doesn't feel irreversible. You know, he's touch wood. He's passing fuck all stuff that is. It seems like it's going to have a lasting impact. He's unable to do. I mean, the wall and stuff, saying he'll shut the government down if he has to. Like, <laughs> he's not going to be. Able, he, of course, he's not going to actually be able to do that. 
they'll, you know, there'll be enough, there will be enough Republicans who will fucking, who will stop it. There's already enough who challenge him, even when he puts severe pressure on them to do things and they can't, they just won't do it. He's, he's essentially, he's, he's a fucking charlatan. He's a snake oil salesman that's, um, that does that, 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 that's, bravado and and hoover gets him by and gets him through the right channels and he he helps people sign checks he doesn't sign them themselves he helps other people he doesn't actually own that much himself he doesn't even have that much wealth but his billionaire status is based on his brand and the thing about all that is he's he's never been under the spotlight like 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 he is now and the, the, the whole thing is we we think that people think that these people who get into these positions and and we include our fucking prime minister in this we think they're smart people because well they have to be to get where they are they have to be looked and all this and we never sort of look at the possibility of what if they're actually not what if what if MPs like that like Theresa May or David Davis are actually in those positions because their family money, they were too stupid to do anything fucking else. And it was, just make them an MP. Why? Because you can fucking do what you want and you can fuck up all you want, but at least when they're doing that, they're just going to fuck up the country. They're not going to fuck up my business interests. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that, that's kind of it. That's why George Osborne became Chancellor of the Exchequer, because his family didn't want him to fucking bankrupt their family. <laughs> they were happy for him to bankrupt the country. They didn't want him to bankrupt their family. <laughs> There you go. Uh, well, let's let's move on. Yes. The, um, last week. We genuinely me. do try to not get into. No, we do. We do. Um, yeah. Last thing. The interview. Watched it again. It's still <laughs> fucking, fucking love amazing. That film. I fucking love the interview. I fucking love it. I, I've only watched it once and I really enjoyed it. I think I, I think I should I think I should give it a rewatch. Mike, like there is a line reading that James Franco does where. It's the scene where Lizzie Kaplan's come round and they're they're talk like him and Rogan are having a conversation and talk like she's talking about how um how he's honey potting him and it's like you know you can't see past your erection he's like I don't have an erection he's like yes you have you've got a massive erection and then he's like okay feast your eyes and then just like displays his fucking bulge and it's um I I I am a big Franco is doing some mad hammy overacting shit in this film and i gobble up every single fucking morsel of it it is that that, I, film, I, that film is a five star peach i, I love the fact that, that, that james I, I love the fact that in this current movie universe we have there is somebody like james franco oh my god yes who is very smart very talented also is let's be honest, is movie star good looks. Yep. But he's basically doing whatever the fuck he feels like at that moment. Pretty much. Yeah. Would, would, you, would you be surprised if James Franco ended up directing fucking a porn scene for Brazzers or something like that? Yeah. You wouldn't, would you? No. It's just happy you'd be like, and it came up on like TMZ and said James Franco directs policy for for, for, uh, for Brazzers or something like that. And it's like, 
Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yep, quite. It's, um, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, the Franco, man, he does whatever he wants, and my God, the disaster artist I'm looking forward to. Yep. My God, man. Um, cool, I'm done. Questions? We do actually have a couple, yeah. Yeah, we do. Let's yeah, get, um, get to them. Sorry, I can get them as well. Um, uh, Andrew Jones, uh, Ethan Rudd. If you watched a film behind a catchphrase-style segment blocker, which part of the frame would you most want uncovered? How many is there? I don't know, like, say nine, like three by three or something. I'd say the three middle. The, the middle. I wouldn't. What, you just I, I, watch it behind the thing the entire time? No, I, I wouldn't. I want the middle one. I'd want... Um, The to the right of the middle, the middle middle line to the right. Okay. Um. No, I'm just gonna go for the middle. Um, I'll do the one. Is uh, Steve Dixon's a great question on that? I enjoyed that question when it came. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about that a fair bit. I'm not gonna lie. Nice. <laughs> um. Steve Dixon uh, at the Great SD. Uh, what are your top five sci-fi movies of all time? Oh fuck me! Um, Alien, Sunshine, uh, two thousand one. Um... Well, yeah, a- a- Alien, Alien, and two thousand one would be in mine. Uh, I'd also throw out Interstellar into there. Oh, that's a good shout. Terminator, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Terminator. Uh... Yeah, and ooh, there's one I'm missing. Escape from New York, would that count as a sci-fi? Yeah, sure. Escape from New York. Nice. But then there's fucking that's like Robocop and fucking Total Recall. I would say I'm not a sci-fi fan, but I kind of fucking think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Sci-fi action, maybe. Yeah. Yes, probably. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so I think that is it. Yeah, actually, I just want to throw in one thing that I, I, I would... I'll kick myself if I didn't mention. Um, I finally listened to the Brett Easton Ellis uh, Walter Hill episode. Oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were a fan, weren't you? It's a fantastic. I mean, Walter Hill's fascinating to listen to you talk about um, anything anyway because he's he's fantastically honest um, in his assessment of his own career and on Hollywood, and he's but he's also quite a he's also a sort of stand-up guy in the sense that Brett is nice asking him a question I can't remember who it's about right now um, and he does kind of say a lot I don't know it's, it's, it's Daniel uh, Bannon who wrote um, the, the original script for Alien who did sorry Dan O'Bannon yeah yes um, and he, he was sort of saying um, he said I don't really want to I don't really want to speak Ill of the recently past, he said. You know, especially when the, that person's not there to to counterpoint it. Mm. And he, he he's very much trying to be, even though he's saying, you know, me and Dad just didn't get on, really. Um, but he does outright sort of come out and say, you know, the original script was, yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> But and he goes into what what sort of caught their eye with it, etc. And he tells sort of goes over bits and they're talking about the the assignment um, movie and how um, it's um, how it angered the 
LGBT community, and and of course with Bryce Nellis being um, gay, a gay man, he he sort of talks about it from the point of view of of somebody who is um, homosexual, but it is actually finds themselves quite uh, easily irked by uh, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, and so you've got two very honest, very intelligent people talking about those kind of things and the way that we view art, et cetera, things like that. And honestly, anybody, it is a fascinating hour and a half uh, listening good, to it, uh, talk about it and listening to just what he'll go through, essentially go through his career. And he, he, he talks quite a lot about Alien. He talks a lot about... Um, gender politics in film and um, how, um, you know, that somebody was, was talking to him about um, 40 hours was talking about how racist it was and him saying, actually, it, it, it's not, it's not racist. Mm. You can't, we can't just keep going back and retro reviewing everything and looking at them in today's eyes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. It's an art happens when it happens. Yeah, and it, 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 it's fascinating the way he kind of talks about. It. He talks about working with like Sam Peckinpah, etc., and um, the Sam Peckinpah essentially, you know, succumbing to alcohol addiction. Um, and he gives some sort of fascinating insights out of that. And it really is a an hour and a half podcast that is just it's a great listen, and it's it's a must I think for people who enjoy our podcast I've had to listen to it and already going yeah we fucking know and if you haven't I'd strongly recommend giving it an hour and a half not over giving us an hour and a half but no. um, so well it's at the end of the fucking podcast so ha tricked you um, but yeah it, it, it's, it's definitely worth a listen cracking dude that sounds really good um, okay so next week it's a, yeah, it's a it's a big one, isn't it? Um, it's a busy one, isn't it? Yeah, like so. I think Logan Lucky is a defo for me. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm very happy with that. Um, Detroit's out as well. Um, American Made as well. Fucking hell! Please, I'm I'm going to see all three. Okay, I'll see what I can get to, but Logan Lucky is my priority. We, Logan, I will, Logan Lucky is the one I'll absolutely do with our next, next record. Um, Becky wants to see Detroit, so I'll be going to see that with her. Nice. So, but I will be going to see all three because that, made, made in America is very much my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm quite looking forward to that, actually. And the, the early word sounds pretty promising as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah we'll... I, I, and I've got tomorrow morning. I, I, I kind of wish one of them had been on an early release. Cause I could have gone and seen it. I'm off tomorrow, so I could have gone and see it tomorrow. Um, but none of them are on early release. It's kind of weird that none of them were, considering it's the bank holiday weekend as well. You'd think they'd like to get a, like a jump on that. That's but... it, yeah. So I'm going to go and see the Hitman's Bodyguard tomorrow morning. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, yeah, tell us about that next week then. I don't think I'm going to get to that. But um... 10.50. The thing is, it's a movie where Beck said to me that you could quite easily wait just like a couple of months until that comes out. They couldn't, yeah. And I was like, I, I could, yeah. But also, it's like quarter past ten. You've been looking forward are. to that thing for months, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Been, I, I know you've been pretty excited by that. So no, yeah. no, no. Don't, yeah, I, th- don't I, I, I just think I'd kick myself if I didn't go and see it at the cinema. Yeah, I agree. I think you would. Um, okay, so we'll have plenty to talk about next week, and yep. um, yeah, more Patreon stuff is coming. Patreon.com forward slash Dude and the Monkey. Um, my next piece on the BFI. Uh, no, sorry, the Sight and Sound Top Two Fifty. Uh, looking at Kez. 
will. Oh, Kes. Yeah. Oh, bollock. Yeah, that'll be out. Uh, that'll be out over the next week or so. And uh, yeah, I need a wee at dude and a monkey at dude Foz, at Ian Loring. Thank you very much to Becky for uh, for representing. Um, and uh, yeah, have a good week, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.